Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of beginning the second book of the Torah, Sefer Shmos. We begin with Parsha Shmos, and this Sefer is called Sefer Hagu'ula, the book of our redemption. At first glance, it's most understandable. After all, the book begins with the uh, servitude in Mitzrayim, and a few weeks later, we read of Yitzias Mitzrayim. However, the Ramban says, take note that the book could have, should have ended with Parshas Peshalach, with the drowning of the Egyptians, and we are finished with the Egyptians. No, we continue because we need to come to Sinai, as we'll discuss in a moment, and to get the purpose of Yitzias Mitzrayim, which is Kabbalah Satora. So, let the Torah end with Yisro, the Ten Commandments, and if not with Yisro, at least with Mishpatim, which is the elaboration and extension of Yisro. Not just the Ten Commandments, but all the specific interactions between man and man as well were given at Sinai. Why does the book of Redemption not end with the parsha of Mishpatim. Says the Ramban in his introduction to Sefer Shmos that we were not considered nigalim, we were not considered redeemed until we were returned to the status. And what status, ideally, as we're going to be literally returned with Yoshua to to Eretz Yisrael. But when we built the Mishkan and we were privileged to have His divine presence, the Shekhinah, adorn our sanctuary, that and only then were we considered Nigolim. Only then when we were returned to the status of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, who were the Merkava, the chariot, and were privileged to have God in this world. So too, by building the Mishkan, we brought Hashem's presence into this world. That's when we attained the state of Geula, and that's why the book of Shmos does not end until after the five Sidros dealing with the construction of the Mishkan. I'd like to focus for a moment in the beginning of chapter 3, whereby Moshe has the encounter with Hashem at the Sneh, the burning bush. Now, the Eben Ezra, in his commentary on the Torah, says, and I quote, the Kocha Har Sinai Bavur Hasneh. Why is the mountain on which we received the Torah called Har Sinai? A reason that he suggests is because of the Sneh, not just phonetically related Sneh, and Sinai, but no, deeper. What happened at the snare 
is Hashem telling Moshe the very purpose of Har Sinai, which is to receive the Torah. And therefore, Sinai, when we came to the mountain, this was an implementation of that which occurred at the Sne. The whole purpose of Hashem choosing Moshe <coughs> to lead B'nai Yisrael at a Mitzrayim is to come to Har Sinai to receive the Torah. Now, I'd like you to take notice of the flow of two psukim, and that is Pasuk 11 and Pasuk 12, chapter 3, whereby Moshe says to Hashem, as part of his weeks-long struggle and trying to uh, resist the calling from Hashem, as we see later on in the parsha, lest he infringe on his brother Aaron's position. Aaron had been in Mitzrayim all the years that Moshe was gone. Aaron had kept the spirits of the people up, and Moshe did not want to quote, step on his brother's toes. And it's only until later on that Hashem assures him that that will not happen, that Moshe agrees to accept this most special position. But listen to what Moshe says. Who am I? Who am I? With all due respect, now we know that Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Torah tells us in the end of Parshas Baaloscha, that Moshe, Boish Moshe, Onav Maod, Mikol Adam, Asher Al Adama, that Moshe was the most modest man of all that lived on the face of this earth. So now Moshe is asking, Mionochi, who am I? I should be the one to lead B'nai Yisrael, Adam Yitzrayim. So listen to the way the Meshachachma understands the next Pasuk. Vayomer, Hashem says to Moshe, Ki eye imach, I'm going to be with you, Moshe, don't worry. os, and this will be the sign. Ki onochi shalach that I have sent you, When you take the people out of Egypt, you will what? Serve God on this mountain. So at first glance, what does it mean? That this is the ultimate sign. While Hashem gives Moshe temporary signs to tell the people when he first comes and introduces himself as a prophet and he shows that the staff turns into a uh, snake and he puts his hand inside and he comes out leprous and he takes the water and it turns to blood. These are all momentary signs that they should even listen to him, that he's not some kind of a quack. But ultimately, what is Moshe going to tell the people? Look here. 
We're getting out of Mitzrayim, and we will receive his Torah 50 days later. This is what he told the people, and so, please God, in the future, when uh, you bring them to Sinai, and when the uh, accept the Torah, ah, this will be the sign to substantiate your credentials. This is Pashat Pshat in the Pasuk. Says the Meshachachma so sharply. Moshe said, Mionochi, who am I? Meaning, Moshe was saying, truly, I am, come on, I'm a nobody. And I, a nobody, should be the one to take them out of Egypt. So Hashem answers him, this very point, Moshe, that you have such humility, this per se is the sign that I have sent you. Why? Because I choose to take a person who is an unav. It's that is exactly your one of your strongest features, aside from all Moshe's natural capabilities, his anivus, the fact that he was most modest. And if anybody asks, how could it be that Moshe was most modest? So the Meshachachma, as much as says, Ulufi erech godlo elokus commensurate with Moshe's understanding, spirituality, the fact that he was a roa, a shepherd, had time to contemplate and realized in terms of himself and perspective of God that how much and how little and minuscule he was compared to the greatness of God. Yodea who he knew that what he was Ephes the Ayin. He knew that he was literally, come on, nothing. And the um, Medrash, excuse me, the Meshachachma uses a beautiful analogy and says that Moshe was literally like a candle, listen carefully, compared to a torch. And therefore, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. And so, just as the Gemara in Megillah, Daf Chavtes Amaralev. And most of us believe that the significance of Sinai and the choice of Sinai is a Medrash. That Medrash was the Sinai was the lowest and smallest of the mountains. And therefore, just as Moshe Kibel Torah me Sinai, as Sinai is the low mountain, lowly mountain, so too um, are we to be lowly, etc. Correct. It's a Gemara in Megillah Chavtes Amaralev 29a, whereby Barkapara explains the Pasuk in Tilim, Samach Ches, Pasuk Yud Zayin, Lama. To Ratstun Horim Gavnunim, why do you literally prance to rats to run mountains of Gavnunim of high peaks? And Karpora understands it to mean to Ratstun Tirzudin. Why do you 
the other mountains want a lawsuit with Sinai, that Sinai had taken their role, that they should, um, Sinai should get the Torah, while they are the more loftier mountains. Okay? And therefore, what is the answer? Says Bar Kapara, Kulchem Bale Mumim Atem Eitzel Sinai. You're all blemish compared to Sinai. Why? Because you're all arrogant because of your high stature, and it's only Sinai. And therefore, what does Ravashi teach? Ravashi is the one who, um, come on, is the close redactor of the Talmud. What's the the most, what's the lesson to learn from here? Shema Minoah. One can learn from this, says Ravashi. Hayman here. The one who's conceited is Baumumu. He is a blemished person. And therefore, the very powerful lesson of the snap has to be for all of us that we need to work on our anivas, to work on our humility, because unfortunately we live today in a most contentious society. While on the one hand, we should be respectful, realizing that we're living in such special times. We have Eretz Yisrael. Hashem is literally giving us a divine wink, showing us of His special relationship with us. And instead, unfortunately, we are arrogant. We say we have it. Our grandparents didn't have it. Our great-grandparents didn't have it. And so, unfortunately, we live in a time where there's gaiva. I'm right and you're wrong. And there is this very strong need today for us to return to the snare as we start the second book of the Torah. We have to appreciate how who is at the center of our universe. If man is at the center, me, look what I've accomplished, look how I am right, and therefore you are wrong, unfortunately, there can never be that achdos of Ayichan Shom Yisrael, Negerahar, Ish Echod, Echod, a united people. What can, does, and will unite Am Yisrael is when each and every one of us takes that opportunity to reflect upon, like Moshe Rabbeinu, how we are a candle compared to that torch before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that in of itself should fill us with that great sense of humility. And as the Rambam writes in chapter 2 of Hilchos Deos, that the prerequisite for getting closer to Hashem is through one's humility. And the Torah doesn't say that Moshe was modest. Ve'ish Moshe anav ma'od. He was very modest. This is a charge to each and every one of us. So that just as in Bereshis, there were no Bible stories. There were only Bible lessons. So too, in the beginning of the book of Shmos, there are no stories of Moshe at a snap. It's there to teach us a very important 
Bible lesson. And as Moshe is getting the troops ready for Kabbalah Satorah, and the troops are not only those in his day, but the troops are, thank God, each and every one of us, we too have to learn that juxtaposition that Hashem says to Moshe, V'zeh l'cha'os. It is just your humility of me onochi. This is what's going to show the people that you are the one that I have chosen. Not only our Kabbalah Satorah, but the prerequisite of Kabbalah Satorah is Moshe's very question of me onochi. And therefore I pray that as the Rambam writes in Chapter 7 of Ilchos Tshuva, that each and every one of us has the capacity to be like Moshe. It means each one to fill their potential of attaining true humility. Shabbat Shalom to all.